Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Lessons, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. We're going to continue looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul is uh, reminding the church uh, how they came, how he and his friends came, and how the gospel came to them. And he, he says at the very beginning of the chapter, he says, I, I want you to remember that our coming to you was not in vain, that we had suffered and been mistreating the Philippi, but that we had spoken forth the gospel with boldness, the boldness in our God. Again, I know I've sort of driven that home the last couple of episodes, but that's so, so important that the boldness is in God, not boldness in the truth. I know necessarily not boldness in the rightness or correctness of an issue or subject matter, but the boldness of God. And it's the boldness of his spirit is definitely not the boldness of flesh. Right. And then he told me, he said, our exhortation to you, in other words, that coming forth in boldness about the gospel, to tell you about the gospel, that it did not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, which is sort of interesting when you first read it and all of a sudden you realize something's going on here. Okay, something's happening. Something's coming against them. Well, we've already seen this. If they had believed in opposition and they were still living with this opposition, opposition was coming against them. And so he says, the opposition that you're experiencing is an error and it's motivated by impurity and deceit. And he said, we did not do that. And God's the one that examines our hearts. Now, verse five of this second chapter, he's going to give more insight into this. Now watch this. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know. That's the second time he says that little phrase, as you know. In other words, this isn't something that I'm trying to talk you into. You know this. Okay? You readily know this. So I'm making it, uh, uh, you aware of what you already know, that we did not come with flattering speech. Now, what is flattering speech? You know, flattering speech is the kind of thing where somebody says something to you, makes you feel good about something, and puffs you up and draws you in in that way. He said, we didn't come with flattering speech, as you know nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Well, guess what? There were some people there, not only there, but down in Corinth, there where Paul went, where the body of Christ started. One of the strategies of the evil one is to bring people in with flattering speech, is to bring people in, and their true motivation, their pretext is for greed. Sometimes these folks are actually saved, okay, and they come in, but they get distracted, they, they, they get they start going down the wrong path. Most of the time, they're not truly saved. They look good. They sound good. Quite often, they're brilliant. Okay? And people buy into it. We see it within the body of Christ today. How different would the body and the kingdom be today if the energy and the love and the compassion that is given towards someone in a position of leadership was actually given to the Most High God? Now, yes, I know we're to honor those in leadership position, but the scripture says we're to honor one another. We're literally to honor one another. And so Paul's saying this, we didn't come to you with flattering speech like some of these other folks have, okay? nor in the pretext for greed. God is our witness. Before he says, you know we didn't come in flattering speech. God is the one now that's defending me when I tell you that we did not come motivated by greed. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 6 says this, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. Hmm. 
You know, it used to be said that those in a leadership position had to deal with two things, God, glory, and girls. I think you can add a fourth G to that now, guys, God, glory, girls, and guys. That's the strategy of the evil one is to come in and to trip up believers in that way. And so Paul's acknowledging this right here. He said, we're not motivated by greed. Okay, We're not motivated by the glory of man. We're not seeking the glory of man, either from you or anybody else. And then this interesting little phrase, even though as apostles of Christ, we might have asserted our authority. We see that in several places where Paul goes in in the various writings that, that he sends them afterwards. He's saying we could have come in because we are apostles. We've been sent forth with this gospel. We could have come in and said, uh, oh, yeah, well, you need to give us something to live by. Because God tells us in the scripture that those who uh, preach forth the gospel message, who do the work of the kingdom, should be supported by those who receive the blessing of that. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that later on in Thessalonians. He's going to mention something about that. He said we had the right to do that. We had the right to assert our authority, to tell you yes, to tell you no, to come down sort of heavy-handed upon you. He said, but we did not do that. We didn't do that. Why? Well, verse 7, he tells us, but we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Now, remember, he was with them only a matter of weeks. He brought the gospel message in. He started out at the synagogue. They get run out of the synagogue. He gets run out of town. But there's a group of people who believe. There's tremendous opposition. They had come against Paul, and they came against this group of people. But how does he describe his relationship with them? Not as one as having the authority of the Most High God as an apostle of Christ, which he was, which he did have that authority, and he could have done that, but he didn't. He says, we proved to be gentle among you. As a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. And if you've never experienced that of the little baby that is a suckling to the mother and the nursing and the tenderness that's involved in that, okay, uh, it's, it's, it's a picture right here that you don't fully understand. This is an amazing thing that he's saying. He said, we have handled you tenderly. Well, why was that? Verse 8 tells us, having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become very dear to us. And you have become very dear to us. He's saying this, we brought the gospel, but not only did we bring the gospel, we brought our own lives. And people say, well, yeah, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Well, yeah, it is what you're supposed to do, but it's often not what is done, folks. Again, I've had too many experiences with this. I've seen it. I've sat there with folks in pastoral positions, especially complaining, my goodness, I've already worked 30 hours this week, and this is only the fourth day of the week. And I'm sitting there thinking, are you holding a clock to the work of the kingdom? Now, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you don't want, there's been way, way too many families have been destroyed because somebody gave attention to the organizational church rather than to their children. I'm not talking about that type of thing. What I'm talking about is somebody, and this is what I see a great deal of, is that people in so-called leadership positions, uh, the phrase that keeps popping my mind is they're literally mailing it in. I mean, they just mail it in. Okay? In other words, oh, yes, I'm in this position. I'm in this role. I do this. Yes, I make these decisions. But they have not imparted their life. They have not joined their lives with the life of the body of Christ where they are. 
uh, quite often they're looking for the next step beyond. They're looking for the next thing over here. They're looking for this. They're looking for that, whatever it may be. But it's readily obvious when you see this type of thing. Oh, yeah, they may talk a good talk. It may look great, may look wonderful. But they have not done what Paul says. And Paul says, we had such a fine confession that it was well-pleasing to impart to you not only the gospel, but they imparted their own lives because they'd become very dear to them. Just in a matter of days, they had become very, very dear to them. I think it gives us a picture of how we as the body of Christ are to be living. Okay, I think it gives us a picture of how we are to be functioning together. And if we were to live in this way as the organism of the body, then we wouldn't have to be doing and trying to do all this organizational stuff to get the world's attention. The world would see and would want and would desire that transformation that has occurred in us. Well, my time's up again. I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.